0: It is Friday, June 3rd, 2022, and this is Ozarks at Large, and I'm Matthew Moore. Joining me on the phone from his office in Fort Smith is talk business and politics, Michael Tilley. Michael, welcome to the show on this Friday.
1: Thanks for having me. Fridays—it's one of my favorite words in the English language, is Friday.
0: <laughs> yes, you and me both, my friend. So let's start out by talking about home sales numbers in the Fort Smith metro area. We've seen a little bit of a dip in those numbers. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, you know, it's been um, talking with you, talking with Kyle for the past couple of years, just the home sales numbers in the area, quite like they are in Northwest Arkansas. I've just been through the roof, no pun intended, I guess. (laughs) Um, But the last two um, reports, so the first, really the first four months of uh, 2022, we've seen that level off. um, And there's certainly no reason for alarm. I think what we're seeing is kind of a, a return to a previous pace. In the first four months in the Fort Smith metro area, we had 1,245 homes sold. That's down 3.3% from the same period in 2021. Um, We get these numbers through Ashley Milton. She's an executive broker with uh, Chuck Fawcett Realty in Fort Smith. Now the the number of home sales is down, but the value is still up. And that's obviously a reflection of what we've seen nationwide and just this huge jump in prices. So the value of those homes sold was a little over $267 million. It's up 12, uh, 12.3%. And the average home price for sales in those first four months was a little over 215000 Not only is that a record, but it's up 16.2% compared to the same period in 2021. And I think, Matthew, that's what we're seeing. You know, the market... I, a market any market whether you're selling homes or widgets will normalize if the prices get too high and especially if there's a lack of supply which again that's kind of a function behind the higher prices but there are just more people looking for homes than there are available homes and that's still a factor in fort smith even though there are more you know there are a lot of homes being built the biggest part of the decline was in Sebastian County. And Sebastian County represents almost 45% of all homes sold in the region. And in the first four months, home sales in Sebastian County were down 14%. And the value of those homes was $116 million, which was below the $124 million in the same period last year. So what we're really seeing is in the core market of the metro area, you're just seeing and again, largely, it's just a function. The interest rates are moving higher, but they're they're not really pushing. From what I'm being told, they're not really pushing people out of the market yet. But it's just a lack of supply. Because in Crawford County, which is the second largest county, they saw they're still seeing gains. For example, they had um, 250 homes sold that was up from 231 same period last year, and the value of the homes sold was up almost 19%. So really the core in Sebastian County we're seeing somewhat of a, of a decline. And, and again, maybe more to, to, as you said before the interview, maybe almost as it reflects more of a return to normal.
0: Well, Michael, it wouldn't be a Friday conversation with you and me if we weren't talking about the St. Scholastic Monastery. And as we see today, um, the sisters have in fact confirmed that the demolition is going to go on as planned and could begin in three weeks is what you're reporting.
1: You know, when we first started reporting, we got hints that this could happen a couple of years ago. And Matthew, it's one of those things you think,
0: "There's no There's way." No way. <laughs> Help yeah,
1: they're gonna tear that building down. Um, Something will happen, you know. And then, you know, on May tenth, the sister said, nope, we're going to tear it down." And so there was a flurry of activity from developers, not just in Fort Smith, but from from what I'm being told around the country, definitely in the state. Um, you had Rachel Patton the Preserve Arkansas organization. She hustled up a $10,000 grant from a national preservation group just to do an assessment, architectural assessment of what would be needed. And then the sisters, the catch was the sisters had to agree to it. Mm -hmm. Not only did they not agree to it, they essentially ignored uh, Rachel's um, request. Uh, Stacy Hurst, she heads up the Arkansas department of uh, heritage, which, includes several agencies that could have stepped in and helped. They rebuffed her efforts. And I could, you know, I know that Fort Smith Mayor McGill tried to to get groups going. I mean, there are several folks and they just said nope. So it looks like it's on. I talked to Jimmy Deer, he's head of building services for the city of Fort Smith. He said there's a group out of Catoosa, Oklahoma, which is near Tulsa, uh, DT specialized services. They've been contracted by the sisters to tear the building down. And um, as of Wednesday this week, Jimmy Deere thinks they'll have a permit and could be started in about three weeks. That's a rough time frame. So, you know, unless there's some just crazy miracle, or as I said, a true Hail Mary.
0: An act of God, if you will. Yeah. it's, it's coming.
1: <laughs> it's coming down. You know, and Rachel Patton, in the interview with her, I mean, you could just hear the sadness in her voice. I mean, it's almost like, you know, she'd lost, you know, a, a person, but she talked about it is, is just reflects what she called the lack of preservation ethic uh, in Arkansas, not just Fort Smith, but in the whole state. So it's a shame, but it looks like it's coming down. Uh, Mr. Deere with the city said it'll take several months. They'll first have to get all of the asbestos out of it before, the, before you see the building start being destroyed. But he said, it'll be a several month process.
0: Finally, we have uh, the Fort Smith Countywide tax revenue shows that growth has slowed in April, but is up 11.4% year over year.
1: Yeah, here's another thing, kind of like the home sales, where we're kind of coming back to a normal. The home, the sales tax revenue through the p- pandemic was really counterintuitive, Matthew, because you would have thought, you know, we're the economy's shutting down. It's just going to, you know, bottom out. But What happened, and as we've learned, not just in Arkansas or Fort Smith or nationwide, but around the world, is people simply shifted their spending behavior. And so that resulted in people spending more on taxable items. And so sales tax revenue has just been through the roof in Fort Smith. But it is slowing somewhat. And really, it's not that the revenue is slowing. It's just that compared to the big gains last year, you know, it's just hard to keep up with those comparisons the city's share of the countywide tax in march was uh, 1.6 million that was up from about that's up 20% from march of last year but this april report it was about 1.9 million and that was up only 1.8%. Now 1.9 million is still a lot and i think it's a record i'm almost certain it's a record for that month reporting. You know it's slowing down a little bit now for the year that countywide sales tax, and the reason we watch that so close is that funds a lot of general fund budgets for like police, fire, critical services, administration, that type of thing. So that tax, for the first four reporting months of the year, has generated almost 7.6 million. Like I said, that's about that's up 11.4 percent compared to again what was healthy revenue last year. So the tax is still doing well. The city's one percent street tax that is up uh, also uh, through the year. It was up 2.4 million in April. That was up just 0.2%, not much from the previous year. Um, and through April, the, that tax has collected 9.2 million, uh, which is up uh, a little over 9%. So tax revenue for the city, still doing well. We've talked to a couple of city directors and the city uh, administrator, and they they continue to budget conservatively. I think they're all just kind of wary about, you know, this is really nice, but surely it can't just last forever. So they continue to budget conservatively, not sure when uh, consumer spending behavior will change.
0: Right. As you, as you note here, LeVon Morton, who's the city director, says, I remain concerned that the Federal Reserve's actions will eventually lead to slowing of the overall economy. Do you think that there's some, uh, some warrant <laughs> to that concern?
1: You know, I wish I had a good answer. I listened to CNBC quite a bit during the day. I, it, I listened to it in the background. And it seems like you. every other economist you listen to, the economist you listen to at the top of the hour says, all hell is going to break loose. The <laughs> economist you listen to at the bottom of the hour says, eh, it's not going to be that bad. So I'm not going to pretend to be smarter than competing economists. <laughs> I personally do worry that the Fed's going to overshoot. They're going to... Raise interest rates too high. They're going to ease quantitative um, easing to uh, pull back on quantitative easing too much, and it'll be kind of a yo-yo effect on the economy. I, that's m- my concern, but I'm not smart enough to explain here why I think that will happen. But if I was a city director and a city administrator of any city in the country, I would be concerned about what 2023 is going to look like.
0: Absolutely. You can find more of Michael Tilley's writings at TalkBusiness.net. Michael, thank you for joining me. Hey, you're welcome.
2: I always appreciate uh, being on the air with you guys. Ozarks at Large is underwritten, in part, by the Walton Family Charitable Support Foundation. Her Set, Her Sound Festival returns with two days of music from all women and gender-diverse DJs and cultural artists June 3rd and 4th at Prairie Street Live in Fayetteville. Artists include DJ Dribbles, Pura Coco, DJ Delight, Missy Midwest, and more. More information and tickets available at herset.com
0: hersound.com. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Matthew Moore. With schools out and summer season in play, Arkansans who are traveling should remain cautious about COVID-19 variants, which continue to circulate. As Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Frolik reports, Arkansas data show that new cases, hospitalizations, and death rates are again rising after a mid-April lull.
3: COVID-19 is again spreading in Arkansas, with thousands of new cases documented in recent weeks by the Arkansas Department of Health, most in Washington and Benton counties, as well as Pulaski County. Hospitalizations are also up, and the COVID-19 death toll is also rising, now creeping towards 12,000 in Arkansas since a global pandemic was declared in March of 2020. Dr. Joe Thompson, CEO of Arkansas Center for Health Improvement, headquartered in Little Rock, closely monitors with searches and blogs about SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19.
4: So the current uh, dominant type of COVID-19 circulating in our state and across the nation is the more infectious Omicron variant that was, has been with us for a while, but now has taken over. Uh, This variant is more than twice as infectious as the Delta variant. The Delta variant was more than twice as infectious as the parent COVID-19. So this is a very infectious virus.
3: The original or alpha COVID-19 virus, as well as the Delta variant, primarily impaired the lower respiratory system. But Omicron is a game changer.
4: It has a somewhat different clinical profile. It's less pneumonia, lower... uh, lung problems, more upper respiratory, scratchy throat, uh, nasal symptoms.
3: Arkansas has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the nation, he says, ranked fifth, even though COVID-19 vaccines are available to everyone ages five years and older at no cost, regardless of immigration or health insurance status. At public health centers, pharmacies, and medical clinics,
4: we have only about 50 percent of our Kansans who've ever gotten the full primary set of vaccines. Uh, We have only about 20% of those that have actually gotten a booster. For those that have had the primary series, anybody five and older are recommended to have a booster. And for those that have immune problems, to get a second booster after that first booster. Obviously, people 50 and older should consider the second booster also,
3: Among the growing number of new positive COVID-19 cases are those who are fully vaccinated and boosted. But there's a reason for that, Thompson says.
4: The virus has mutated and is more infectious. So we are having more breakthrough infections. Luckily, most of the time, very mild, if at all symptomatic, in vaccinated people. So, yes, if you're vaccinated, you can still get infected and you can still spread the virus. That's the need for testing if you have even mild symptoms. But luckily, the vaccines are still holding the line with respect to severe illness for most individuals.
3: If more Arkansans are vaccinated, fewer Arkansans will be infected with COVID-19. The Arkansas Center for Health Improvement has published COVID-19 Myth Busting, a website on the common falsehoods about vaccines and masks. Thompson recommends getting tested if he becomes symptomatic or are exposed to anyone infected with COVID-19.
4: The virus is probably the most widely spread infectious agent right now. So if you get symptoms, it's likely that is the cause. And so I would encourage folks to get tested so that you know if you're positive, you can take care of yourself. There are new medicines that can keep you. Paxlovid is the most common from getting sicker, but probably more importantly, from not spreading it to your family members, your coworkers, or others whose immune system might not be able to fight the virus off.
3: Early in the pandemic, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration granted emergency use authorization for antigen tests that can identify COVID-19 infection, today widely available for purchase at local retailers or for free, ordered online at covid.gov tests. They'll mail order it to you for free as well and make sure to check the expiration date on any test kit you receive.
4: Uh, if the expiration date is, is recent, you know it's probably better to go ahead and try to assess than to not have any action on your part at all.
3: The Arkansas Center for Health Improvement COVID-19 website provides guidance on self-testing. Those who home test positive or develop a sore throat congestion, sinusitis, cough, and or fever should consult with the healthcare provider. Because more people are home testing, are not testing at all. The actual incidence of COVID transmission in Arkansas and across the U.S. remains unknown, Thompson says.
4: I think we know that it's out there. The best indicator we have are new hospitalizations, and we see that slowly increasing each day. Uh, Those are individuals probably who are more susceptible, but they're probably only the tip of the iceberg of how much spread is occurring with Omicron variant in our community.
3: But new data show that one in five Americans who become infected with COVID-19 will develop long COVID or chronic COVID-19.
4: I think it is important for people to know people that are getting long COVID, many of them had very mild symptoms, if at all, early on. They may have tested positive and now four to six to eight months later, they're having major problems. This is another reason for people to strongly consider getting vaccinated and maintaining your booster status so that we minimize the effects of not only the acute phase of COVID, but also the long-term effects that we don't yet know completely what all those are.
3: According to the World Health Organization, the most common symptoms of long COVID or post COVID-19 may include shortness of breath, cognitive dysfunction, and fatigue. Other reported symptoms include chest pain, trouble speaking, anxiety, depression, muscle aches, fever, and loss of smell or taste. And emerging research indicates long COVID symptoms may occur less in vaccinated people. Dr. Joe Thompson also suggests maintaining protective measures in certain situations.
4: I would encourage people to really seriously assess their own and their family's risk. If you've got an immunocompromised individual at home, if you yourself have some of those conditions, you know, diabetes, cardiovascular illness, other things that put you at risk, don't give up on your defensive strategies of wearing a mask. Even if you're relatively healthy, I'm now starting to have to go do business meetings again in other communities. I'm still wearing a mask when I'm getting on and off the airplane as we have 100 people in a tight enclosed space. And I'm fairly sure that at least one of those people is actively infected with COVID-19. And, and it's this much, much more infectious Omicron subvariant.
3: The highly transmissible and contagious BA.2 Omicron subvariant, referred to as stealth Omicron, is now the dominant strain in the U.S. And more are expected. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. This is Ozarks at Large.
5: With me is Courtney Lanning. Courtney, how are you doing today? Rachel, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So today we have an American-Australian action drama, Interceptor.
6: What can you tell us about this film? You know, Rachel, Kyle always says he likes it when I I do a a negative review now and again because I I tend to come down hard on some movies. But (laughs) I I don't enjoy writing negative reviews personally. Uh, Unfortunately, this will be one of those. Uh, Interceptor is, is pretty dull and it's full of standard action cliches. And, you know, the disappointing thing to me is that this isn't even the fun kind of bad movie, the cheesy kind that you can laugh at. It's just boring. Uh, It's I was really hoping we would have something like Demolition Man, the original Total Recall on our hands. And that's just not the case here.
5: What happened with these action scenes?
6: Were they why weren't they well produced? So, you know, I'd read an article that the director wanted to keep this movie under $15 million for the budget. And mission accomplished. That's what it looks like. Uh, the, the basic story for Interceptor is it follows uh, the adventures on a missile base in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, and the whole job of this American base is to shoot Interceptor missiles in case Russia launches a nuclear attack on America. These missiles would intersect those. Um, you would think that would be interesting to try to watch them hold the space over from terrorists and defend it. Um, but, you know, everything just looks cheap. Even the animation and special effects on the missiles look cheap. Uh, it's just, it's disappointing to see.
5: Now, is there anything redeemable about the characters, maybe the protagonists? Do we see rich, developed characters?
6: Unfortunately not. Um you know, again, I, I really was hoping that this would be a good, cheesy, fun action movie uh, with like an over the top villain who screams his lines and has a malicious laugh and has ridiculously cheesy, corny lines, but that's not the case. All of the characters in this movie are fairly boring. Uh, our, our main hero is played by an Australian act- actress named Elsa Pataki. Uh, And she looks like the role of an army captain who fights off terrorists. And, you know, she's bulked up. Uh, Funny story, she is actually married to Chris Hemsworth, who many people know as Thor. And he helped her work out five hours a day just for this role. So she looks like she should be, um, you know, a big muscular hero who's kicking butt. But the movie just doesn't match that, that commitment she's made to looking the part. You know, with with an experienced director and a well-written script, she could be a solid action hero. Unfortunately, Interceptor offers neither of these things.
5: Well, Courtney, on to better news next week. Is there something better? What are you? What else is coming
6: out this week? So this week, there's no huge blockbusters coming out. It seems like everybody's kind of holding their breath for the new Jurassic World movie. um, And that's kind of eating up all the energy. But there is one movie that's grabbing headlines this week. It's called Crimes of the Future. Uh, It's a sci-fi horror film that is so gruesome, apparently, some folks actually walked out on it during its premiere at the Cannes Film Festival. And it actually opens in theaters today. Uh, It's got Kristen Stewart and Viggo Mortensen. And it, again, reportedly is so gruesome, people walked out of the theater because they just couldn't handle it. So... If you have an iron stomach and you want to see what it's about, Crimes of the Future is in theaters today.
5: I can't believe that they walked out of it. I wonder if that's happened
6: before. Uh, How gruesome does a movie have to be to walk out? I don't know.
5: (laughs) Next week, what what are you hoping to review or what will you be reviewing?
6: So next week I'll be reviewing a film called I'm Charlie Walker. And this is a film that's based on the 1971 oil spill. Off the San Francisco coast, and the man who is tasked with cleaning it up.
5: Ooh, interesting. All right, well, Courtney, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Rachel. You can read Courtney's full review of Interceptor today in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.
1: In the background is Anat Cohen from her CD, Luminosa. And I'm Robert Ginsberg, your host for Shades of Jazz. We'll hear more from Anat Cohen, as well as Bruce Barth, De Duca de Fonseca, Larry Goldings, Red Garland, and much more on this week's edition of Shades of Jazz. Every Friday and Saturday, right here on KUAF.
7: This is Ozarks At Large. I'm Timothy Dennis. Yesterday, Thursday, marked the 10th anniversary of Fayetteville's Fossil Cove Brewing Company. Tomorrow, the brewery will celebrate with live music, food, and special beer brewed for the occasion. Earlier this week, Ben Mills, brewer and owner, and Andrew Bland, Fossil Cove's marketing director, came by the Carver Center for Public Radio to talk about the brewery's first 10 years in business. We'll hear a longer conversation between them and Ozarks at Large's Daniel Carruth next week on our program, but we wanted to let you know about their celebration plans for the weekend. Ben Mills says the brewery has a few special beers scheduled for release with the anniversary.
8: Oh, so we've got the anniversary. Oh, the anniversary stays on. That's, that'll be brand new that day. Um, we are releasing uh, the Whizzle is a white IPA this week. Uh, that's a classic. That's something, it's one of the beers we used to can uh, every summer. Um, and then we also have a, a fun one. This, uh, it's called the Skull Creek. And Creek is a lambic style of beer that's normally aged on cherries. And so we we had some wild fermented beer that we had, had been hanging on to and didn't really had much of a plan for, and um, it, we needed to do something with it. and So we ended up, oh, what, six, seven months ago, putting it into uh, some bourbon and red wine barrels with a bunch of cherries. And we just just took that out of the barrels this past couple weeks, and and uh, it's tasting really good. So we're going to release that one this, this week, too. It's kind of a fun one for, for the celebration.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely be... Sipping on the anniversary saison, um, enjoying some tunes from Willie Carlisle, uh, Jess Harp, and Aaron Brothers. So it should just be a good,
8: laid-back Saturday at Fossil Cove. Yeah, All right, yeah. Uh, if you, you know if anyone's like really excited about Glasgow, we'll have a really fun big uh, uh, German Stein with our 10th anniversary logo and stuff on there. Uh, we've got. A limited quantity of those, but it's it's quite a few. It's a couple hundred, I think we're trying to give away yeah, from like, for like starting first come, at one o'clock. come, serve. Yeah.
0: yeah, grab those. Get your first beer filled up in it. Yeah, um, come and make a day of it. Take the bike trail. You know, we're just yep. off the Greenway, so hop on there and just come down and come come take a leisurely stroll or bike ride along
8: Skull Creek before you have a Skull Creek. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, and I <laughs> will I will say, alternative <clears throat> methods of transportation are suggested because we don't. If you've been to Fossil Cove before, there's not a ton of parking. So, um, I would I would definitely suggest... It's all part of the experience. It's all part of the experience.
0: <laughs> Fossil Cove Brewing Company's Ben Mills and Andrew Bland speaking with Ozarks at Largest Daniel Carruth earlier this week. The 10-year anniversary party gets underway tomorrow afternoon at 1 at Fossil Cove's Tap Room off of Poplar Street in Midtown Fayetteville. Again, Alternative transportation is encouraged to the tap room as parking is limited. You can find out more about the event at Fossil Cove's Facebook page.
5: This is Ozarks at Large, and I'm Rachel Sanchez Smith. Good news for KUAF listeners it's time for the winner for the month of May. I'm joined by membership director Sherry Ottaviano.
9: Sherry, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here with you, Rachel.
5: Perfect. Now, I understand that we have a lucky listener for this month. Who do we have, Sherry?
9: Yes. Uh, this month, we uh, randomly selected Dr. Magna el uh from Fayetteville, Arkansas. She uh, donated during the month of June and along with uh, thousands of others, and her name was drawn randomly. And we will be sending Dr. El-Shanoui a gift. Uh, gift card or some movie passes and some gift cards to Penguin Ed's.
5: Now, Sherry, how can other listeners participate in our giveaway?
9: We uh, do this once a month. So anyone who contributes during the current month will um, have their name thrown into uh, the hat for a random drawing and we will send you a gift as well. Um, And that will happen the 1st of July.
5: You heard it here, folks. To be able to listen to all of the things you love 1A, Morning Edition, Ozarks at Large. We rely on donations from listeners like you. Now, Sherry, I understand we have a June fundraiser coming up. We
9: do. The entire month of June, we uh, raise the funds necessary to support this public radio station, and it is our fiscal year end, so we're hoping to finish it strong. We have a goal of $50,000, and if you haven't given yet this year, or you have a little extra you'd like to send, go to supportkuaf.com, or you can send To check to the station here at Nine South School, Fayetteville, Arkansas, 72701.
5: Well, Sherry, thank you so much for chatting with me today.
9: Thank you for having me, and thanks to everybody out there.
2: KUAF is supported by Butterfield Trail Village, a premier Northwest Arkansas retirement community catering to active lifestyles and resident well-being, offering a variety of amenities including apartments, cottages, and village home living options. Information at ButterfieldTrailVillage.org. KUAF is supported by Pack Outdoor Center in Fayetteville, serving Northwest Arkansas since 1973 with backcountry and urban footwear, clothing, equipment, and more. Pack Rat is dedicated to conservation and waste reduction packratoc.com for online shopping, shipping, or curbside pickup. This is Ozarks at Large
7: for Friday, June 3rd, 2022. I'm Timothy Dennis, and I'm joined on the phone by Becca Martin Brown, Features Editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Becca, how are you doing this Friday?
10: I don't have time for you, Tim.
7: I I can understand that. I can understand
10: that. I'm sorry. Today is the first day of Junk Ranch, and if you don't know what that is, you're a man, number one. And if you're not there... You're not a collector slash junker slash hoarder slash whatever it is I am. (laughs) Junk Ranch started almost nine years ago when two junkers, Amy Daniels and Julie Speed, decided they'd like to create an outdoor flea market like the kind you find in North Texas, like the kind you find when they do yard sales all along a highway. Right. And they called it Junk Ranch. Well, now it's on the list for flea market-style magazines, readers' favorite outdoor small fleas and vintage shows, and vintage show crush lists. All right. That's a pretty high praise. It's not a flea market like, I have this stuff that I want to get rid of out of the garage. Right. It's a flea market like, I found this piece of vintage metal, and I turned it into this thing that you can use in your home.
7: Right. So more like found treasures than just a bunch of junk.
10: Yeah. And there's all kinds of stuff. Like, there's the rusty metal, of course. There's someone who does vintage clothing. And they mean from, like, eight decades of clothing. There's someone who does primitives, you know, your cabinets. My dream is to own a Hoosier cabinet. There's someone who does Turkish rugs. There's someone who does Western hand-distressed jeans and shorts and vintage Western clothing. Mm. And there's someone who takes things like an old clock that no longer is a clock, but opens it up and makes like a little secret miniature world in it. And then puts a tiny little battery-operated clock in it. So it's still a clock.
7: (laughs) You get a little bit of a treasure and an actual functional thing as well. I love it.
10: Exactly. And it's just fun. It's from 9 to 4 tomorrow. You're going to need the address. It's 11195 Centerpoint Church Road in Prairie Grove. Okay. And it's $10 today, which is good for readmission tomorrow or $5 tomorrow. And you can read more at our website, nwadgonline.com, or at the ranch.net. This weekend is also the Kids' Fest at Silver Dollar City. Ooh,
7: yes. It's been a while since I've been to Silver Dollar City, but it's always a good time.
10: And I always say to Kyle that this is the happiest place in the Mid-South. How can you not be happy at Silver Dollar City? When I was a kid, our great dream as actors was to get to be actors at Silver Dollar City. <laughs> Their big star this summer is Nick Walenda, like of the Flying Walendas. Okay. And he has a new, it's called a circus, which is the German word for circus. That's all human performers, not animals, doing all kinds of high wire stuff and trapeze stuff and exciting, terrifying stuff.
7: (laughs) If the roller coasters weren't terrifying enough for you.
10: I don't do roller coasters, thank you. I hold people's purses. When they opened one of the new ones, I took my sister as a designated rider.
7: <laughs> that's that's a smart idea. That's a smart idea.
10: But I love Kids Fest. They also have a new Chuggington thing, which is a British animated show for kids about trains. Okay. And so you can ride a Chuggington train. And all this lasts through July twenty fourth. Tickets start at $79, and you can find out more at SilverDollarCity.com. All right. Now, tomorrow's going to take some decision-making.
7: Oh, boy. It, will it ever. I mean, I know I've got some tough decisions to make, but might end up actually at Fossil Cove for their 10th anniversary.
10: That's not a tough decision, unless you want to go to the Garden Gate Tour. Okay. It's sponsored by the Washington County Master Gardeners. It lasts from nine to four tomorrow. And you're going to five privately owned gardens, three in Fayetteville, one in Winslow, and one near Hinesville, and then Headquarters House Gardens in Fayetteville. And the pictures are beautiful. Tickets are $15 a person. You can get them today at Westwood Gardens at Mission and Weddington locations in Fayetteville. White River Nursery in Fayetteville and Sherham's Garden Center in Springdale, or tomorrow at any of the homes. And we have that information on the subpage in today's Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, so you can find the addresses for those houses. Okay. And the proceeds will go toward public education programs hosted by the Washington County Master Gardeners.
7: Excellent cause.
10: Or from 10 to 2 tomorrow, you can go to the Rogers Historical Museum for Family Day we are going to have farm animals, face painting, blacksmith demonstrations, candle making, butterfly park tours, and more, all of it free. You can also stop in at the Museum of Native American History in Bentonville while you're up that way because they have a visiting artist in the museum store, Carolyn Chumwaluki,
7: okay. and that's
10: from 9 to 5. If you're in Fayetteville, Super Saturday at the library at 10 a.m. is the Sugar-Free All-Stars Performing. And then Sunday, one of my favorite things comes back. It's Mountain Street Stage Time at the Fayetteville Public Library. Almost every Sunday.
7: I actually went to a show for the first time in their new event center last weekend, and I was amazed at the quality of the space and the sound and everything. They're they're really doing good stuff over there.
10: I have heard the bands talk about the quality of the sound in the space. This is a band that I first heard of. At one of the KUAF Roots shows, the Sons of Otis Malone.
7: Yes, great country band.
10: And country Americana. Yeah,
7: honky-tonk Rockabilly.
10: maybe. Anyway, 2 o'clock Sunday at the library in the new event center. It's free, and you don't want to miss these summer concerts.
7: Becca, thank you so much for talking with me uh, Fridays this past month. Uh, maybe we'll get lucky and be able to do it again whenever Kyle goes on vacation again. Maybe we'll again.
10: just break up with Kyle.
7: You know... We'll, we'll we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> we'll talk. OK. <laughs> Thank you, Becca. Becca Martin-Brown is the features
2: editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Becca, stay cool out there. Everything you hear on KUAF is available to you on the radio through your computer or smart device every day of the year. There is no subscription fee or restricted access based on a listener's ability to pay for it. As we approach the end of our financial year, June 30th, we're raising funds to keep KUAF stronger than ever. Your gift this month will help us toward our goal of $50,000. Your support helps pay for the programs, reporting, equipment, and technology that we need to continue bringing you radio you rely on every day. If you've never given a gift to KUAF, now is a great time because Bill Enfield of Bentonville is matching the donations of new supporting listeners dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Now is the time. Go to supportkuaf.com or mail a check to KUAF at 9 South School, Fayetteville, AR 72701. And thank you.
7: This is a Friday edition of Ozarks at Large. I'm Timothy Dennis. Last night, Nashville-based musician Parker Millsap played at George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville. Before even showing up for sound check yesterday afternoon, he stopped by for a brief set and conversation with me inside our Furman Garner Performance Studio at the Carver Center for Public Radio. Hey there, this is Parker
11: Millsap, and this song's called It Was You.
12: the tears I bled Who was it when I was shaking that sat by the bed the hand on my head Who was it when I was breaking That came and made them in When everybody was faking And playing pretend I had a friend Someone, someone came and refused Someone came and they healed me. Someone can admit. To- That higher ground, and who stared out toward that horizon, who followed the sound back homeward bound, and who blew the wind that sent me back in. Someone came and filled me Someone came and healed me Someone came admit Someone came and they healed me someone carried middle.
7: That was really
11: nice. Thanks,
7: man. That was really nice. We're
11: getting warmed up.
7: You know, when last time we talked over the phone, you said you're writing more from your personal experience these days. Is that one yeah. of those songs? That is one of those
11: songs, yeah. Do you care to tell yeah. us who the someone is? That's my wife, Meg. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> but that's for me. You know, I hope that when people hear that song, they think of somebody in particular. Fair know? enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Was it anything in particular that inspired you to write that? I really think, it, you know, my wife and I got married about maybe like eight months before... The pandemic happened right. so just the whole process of going from you know dating to living together to getting married and having been through a lot of life together and then looking back on it and ju- yeah just thinking about how we how we hold each other up and you know that song in particular how you know she's held me up yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i guess that song's about just Gratitude (laughs) for that person Fair enough, fair enough Uh, Do you want to play another one? Yeah, let's do it What's this one going to be? This one's called The Real Thing
12: (sighs) Give me something real Give me something true Give me something I can feel Give me some of you Give me something flesh Give me something bone I can't hold you to my chest Through the telephone Through the telephone I can't stand a poor connection Can't hold your hand through the screen I don't want your reflection I just want the real thing the real something easy, you got something pure, you don't have to tease me, honey, give me some of yours, give it to me straight, I take it on a I've been through your roses, honey, I don't mind the thorns, I don't mind the thorns, I can't stand the poor connection, can't hold your head through the screen I don't want your reflection I just want the real thing
7: Very nice. Thank you. Very nice. Dude. I'm guessing you're not talking about Coca-Cola in that
11: song. <laughs> it's not a song about Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's amazing. They, that is their slogan, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, The yeah. real thing. Yeah. Wow. Dang. So if not Coca-Cola, what are you talking about <laughs> in that
12: one?
11: <laughs> I actually wrote that song while I was on tour. I'm just missing my wife, you know? We, uh, we have all these means of communicating, but none of them are the same as being in the room with a person right. you know what I mean right um, it's great to be able to keep in touch with all the million various ways we can yeah. do that, you know? Yeah, but it's not the same as, yeah, holding somebody's hand,
7: Man. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. You know, these last two songs, you are pretty heavily finger-style in different ways. Is that mm-hmm. something that you have, like, deliberately
11: developed, or is it just kind of how you learn to play? Every time I learn about a new guitar technique, I have to try, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, the things I haven't got into yet are, like, the sweet picking and, like, you know, tapping and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But, um... No, I uh, took lessons from this guy when I was like 14 years old. His name's Travis Linville. He's a singer-songwriter from Oklahoma, wonderful songwriter, performer, and guitarist. And, you know, when I was taking lessons from him, he kind of like taught above my head a little bit, but it was great because it gave me something to like reach for, you know? And he turned me on to guys like Mississippi John Hurt. Mm. And uh, then through, you know, that I found like Doc Watson and all these finger-picking guys. And I was like, "I gotta figure out how to do that <laughs> you know, so uh, what I, I would actually take a thumbpick to school this is when I was in high school. I would take a thumb pick to school and uh take my spiral notebook and spread the spirals out. <laughs> the width of guitar (laughs) strings, you know, so I'd have like six of them spread out way far apart and I'd be like listening to the lecture, but then like doing practicing finger picking (laughs) patterns on the spirals of my notebook, you know. That sounds like a much more productive type of fidget I mean, I was, yeah, honestly, yeah, like I was, and I was still absorbing what they were saying in class, but it was just like, it's, you know, finger picking for me is all about getting each rhythm under your hand to where you don't have to think about it. You can just do it, you know, but it takes like... Hours and hours and hours of Yeah And then you add like one string at a time You know like <laughs> You know yeah. and then, yeah. then eventually You can work up to like the full rolling thing Right right So yeah I, I love finger style guitar But I also um, I always have thumb picks and flat picks on me Because <laughs> yeah. it depends on what I'm trying to do <laughs> Which which do you prefer Just your personal preference um, When I'm playing acoustic I like using a thumb pick uh, When I'm playing electric I, u- I like to use a a flat pick but it just depends on the song you know sometimes pure finger style is what the song calls for you know and yeah sometimes you need a uh, all that like fast attack that a, right. a, that a flat pick can give me so
7: that last song, "The Real Thing," mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say it was the biggest hit off your last record. Yeah, yeah, it was like the the single. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but playing it here acoustically, it's a lot different. Does it ever trip
11: you out taking a song that everybody knows, like in one way, and then stripping it down and doing it a completely different way? For me, it's like it's almost like showing people the original song or something yeah. because I often write by myself you know i often write the songs by myself and then with a band and a producer and stuff it becomes what's on the record so doing it acoustic is kind of like showing everybody like hey this is where it started you know like the first version sounded a lot like this so it feels really natural for me but it definitely uh you know the groove shifts around depending on you know how i'm feeling <laughs> right 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 Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I think we have enough time for one more song, maybe. That would be awesome, yeah. Uh, What do you want to play? Uh, This song's called Your Water.
12: I was losing, I was lost, cursing everything that I come across. I was wounded, I was weak. I didn't realize I needed a drink of your water Your water It floods my memory and it quenches my soul I was busted, I was broke Drowning in the darkness and starting to choke i was struggling i was stranded but then i bent down and cupped my hands in your water your water it floods my memory and it quenches my soul Quenches my soul
7: That was Parker Millsap performing yesterday inside the Furman Garner Performance Studio at KUAF. You can find his music on Apple Music, Spotify, and most streaming music platforms. You can also find his music, tour dates, merch, and more at Parker Millsap.
2: That’s 2L’s Parkermisap.com. KUAF is supported by Little Wing Productions, welcoming classic country rock group Nitty Gritty Dirt Band to the auditorium in Eureka Springs Thursday, June 9th. Band hits include Mr. Bojangles, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, House at Pooh Corner, and more. Tickets are available online at tickets.thundertix.com.
7: Before we go, we have a few tickets to give away. We're joined in the Herald and Blanchcock News Studio with Lee Wood, KUAF's General Manager.
10: Hi, Lee. Hi, guys. Hello. I'm good. Thanks for having me. What are we giving away? We're giving away two VIP tickets to the Herset Her Sound Music Festival. It's happening uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday night at Prairie Street Live in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. All female and gender diverse DJs and artists. It's going to be a super fun uh, weekend of music and art and food and drinks. celebration and the vip tickets get you access to all of that Mm. as well as the official after party
0: Mm, that sounds like the best part
10: i know
7: (laughs) (laughs) so whose weekend are we going to make
10: okay uh our winner is sophia Ordaz. okay so congratulations sophia i'll get in touch with you um you're going to be able to get these tickets through a special code through their website it'll be easy And congratulations. Yeah, congratulations.
0: Good work, Sophia. This is 91.3 KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Rogers, and Rudy. 91.3 91.3 KUAF is a listener-supported service of the University of Arkansas. I'm Matthew Moore. And I'm Timothy
7: Dennis. Contributors to this Friday edition of our show included Jacqueline Froelich and Rachel Sanchez-Smith. Sherry Otaviano is KUAF's Membership Director and Pete Hartman is KUAF's Operations Manager. Thanks again to Courtney Lanning, Becca Martin-Brown, and Michael Tilley for visiting us again on this Friday. We will be back with you Sunday morning at 9 for a new edition of Weekend Ozarks at Large. And we start a brand new week of daily Ozarks at Large Monday at noon and 7 p.m. Until then, be well, take care, and enjoy your weekend.